Hello. Merry fucking Christmas. This is Brew Coven in the middle of December presenting to you guys our lineup of Christmas ales. This is Dark Pony. We could have gotten more. <laughs> yeah. But we threw it together at the last minute, so we got mostly local stuff. Festivities are going on, and we all festively partied hard last night, so. so happy holidays from Black Cat. Highlanders joining us again. Good old Mike here. Boy Scout laundry as ever. All right. Um, Highlander's going to talk about this first beer that we have because uh, he likes it. Because of reasons. So we're starting off our evening with uh, Boundary Bay's Cabin Fever. It's a winter warmer. Rocking at like 8.5%. Boundary Bay is a brewery from Bellingham. One of the original craft breweries in Washington. They've been around for 22 years. Yeah, this is their seasonal I think it's more balanced this year than it has been in the last three or four years. Got some nice biscuit, toffee, caramel notes up front. A little nutty on the back end. It's, it's a big malt bomb, but without as much like the sugary coating in your mouth. It goes down pretty smooth. Masks the alcohol pretty well, too, I think. Yeah, very drinkable for it, eight and a half. It, it definitely masks it well, and it's not as malty as I thought. Because when you said it's coming in over eight, eight, eight percent... I thought it was going to be like a really sweet malty bomb, but I mean, there's like some, I just get like a little bit of berry on it, and that kind of. You were looking for some malty bomb in it, or you were no, no, some malty ma- a malty bomb, not malt. Oh, well, yeah. who doesn't expect malty bomb <laughs> later? <laughs> a, 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 a malt bomb, but no, it's really drinkable for eight, over eight percent. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of like a brown ale, honestly. Mm-hmm. Really nutty. Yeah, with that nuttiness to it, mm-hmm. nice dryness to it. What do you think, East Coast? Uh-huh. Where's the sit on the spectrum of, of what's happening to you? I'm, I'm liking it. I mean, I definitely want to guess this is eight and a half. That's that's for sure. Um, definitely a little definitely a little nuttiness on there, malty, and like Highlander said, not overly sugary. So that's a plus. Unassumingly boozy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this recipe is probably 15, 20 years old, but I mean, they were having a little bit of production issues as far as consistency, but they seem to have gotten it back together in the last year or two. So it's right back on so point. What, real quick before we move on to the next one, like what does Boundary Bay and Cabin Fever in particular mean to Washington? Well, I mean, none of us are native Washingtonians, are we? <laughs> no. I mean, being, being that, you know, you've had experience with, you know, Boundary Bay beers and have come across these ales. Well, in the industry, I mean, everybody... Everybody's parents grew up drinking Boundary Bay. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, just the fact that they've been around for 22 years, they got older clientele. So, you go into any random bar and ask somebody if they've heard of Boundary Bay, and chances are they've had it on tap in the yeah. last 20 years. And, and what we're still on it also, I mean, if you happen to know, just a quick question, because I've noticed they've gone through, like, an upgrade. Like, I mean, our, their, their appearance has changed. Their cans look really cool now. Like, a little marketing flip. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. so did, is it was it anything within the company? Did anyone change? New per, new people? Or they just decided to upgrade? And uh, No, they have the same marketing guy. Uh, they gave away some artistic freedom to one of their local artists for this can. Okay. Um, but I think they're switching to having all the standards be uniform, somewhat uniform, and then having like the seasonals and one-offs are gonna have crazy artwork, so that'll be cool. Yeah, yeah this can is beautiful. It, yeah, it, it looks like they've had a complete makeover in, in, a, in, a, in a very positive way. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely put a shot up in that can. Um, but yeah, really good clean beer. Um, I've never had it up until today, so it's it's quite interesting beer. Um, I think it's it's 
the essence of what a winter ale is to me in my mind. Safe, but really well executed beer. Well, and if you didn't know the alcohol in this and you went out one night and had three pints, a little you'd, sneaker, yeah, oh, yeah, you'd get schnockered. Yeah. I don't think you're going to make it to pint three. So. <laughs> yeah. I agree. So this next one here, um, we're going to take it back. I thought it would be a good thing to review. Some beer from overseas. So throwing this back to Belgium, and you know, you know, I love my Belgian beers. Dark Ponies brought you some Browery Korsendam, and this is their Christmas ale that they released. Uncorking <laughs> this guy right here. So here it is in a 750 milliliter format. I'll pour you guys up some of this. I'm excited we're doing a Belgian with this. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Belgians are the true festival beer. Christ- yeah, Christmas dark like, beers, yeah, yeah. Whether it be Christmas, you're celebrating anything. Yeah. Belgians tend to, to go pretty well with, with just about any occasion, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think what something interesting to, it's not saying the general history, but like, you know, Christmas festive, people getting around family, and this is one of those drinks that's supposed to warm and bring out cheer and, you know, jubilation and all that. And I think that's what sometimes these beers try to represent. I think that can be interesting, too. So what's this one rocking at? Um, so this guy, just a little background on Course and Dog. This is probably not one of the more familiar breweries that are out there, but believe it or not, this is a pretty readily available beer out there. So for our listeners that are in search for some of these beers, I know a lot of times we're talking about beers that you can never get that are out here on the, the northwestern end of the states. Um, this one is pretty commercially available. It's a Belgian strong ale. Um, so for you guys not familiar with the style... Um, we're breaking it down into uh, two subcategories of what is a true Belgian strong. So you have your quad, um, and then you have your Belgian strong dark ales. Most quads are going to be like Duvel, or um, like if you ever had Golden Drac, or things like that. And then you have your Belgian strong dark ales. So you have a lot of beers that maybe West Mall had put out, or like a lot of times um, you might come across something like uh, St. Bernardus. Or, you know, even, even some of those new specialty Belgians that have been put out in years of late. Um, but yeah, just to give you guys perspective on the background here, it's, it's, it's really, truly just the style. And I don't know that they do a whole lot to really push it in terms of the Christmas ideas that we have. There's no real spice in this beer other than what's being brought on by the yeast itself. So it's, it's just a true to form Belgian Dark Strong Ale. Hell yeah. It's nice. Really like it. That aroma is awesome. It's almost like citrusy in a the, way. The mouthfeel. I, I definitely get some citrusy. citrusy. <laughs> well, I mean, as my fellow colleagues here have already mentioned, <laughs> that nice fig, you know, little plum on there. Nice, nice aroma, but a little light on the body, which kind of surprised me because I thought like a big aroma like that would <sighs> pop out with a little more body, but very enjoyable. Absolutely. And then you said this one was 8.5 also? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and again, not detectable, and that's like goes with a lot of like the old like the strong ales and, and winter warmers, aren't they? Usually like plus plus six or something like that. Yeah, like exactly. Beers. And these definitely don't taste like it, so you could be in a world of hurt if you're downing these. You can sell it too. I mean, it says Best Buy July of 2019. So um, if you're sitting on a Corson Dome Christmas sale, <laughs> uh, maybe maybe have one for now, one for 
Christmas in July. Of July, yeah, yeah. When you really need something to get you through this fucking terrible July months. Absolutely, <laughs> or you just get tired of all the adjunct, and that's a typical thing. Uh, Americans taking uh, traditional beer, and then they want to make it more festive, so they throw a bunch of adjuncts in, like fucking pumpkin beers. And well, I don't think uh, the American beer culture has yet to get the yeast that these. Belgian oh no! Very are, true. Because all the, it's the almost yeast like, is what really gives you. It's almost like a lack in making up beer. for it. Right. Yeah. So and I don't want to delve too much into Corsendon uh, history, but I, I definitely know that the brewery um, out there has is, is been existing for some minute and done some pretty good beer for a long-standing amount of time. Really, really, really great beer. Um, it's nice to have this in the background compared to like some of the others. So we're moving back to. Washington beers. Not only back to America, but right back to Washington. Take a detour through Belgium. Going back to the homeland. All right. So, brewery out of Olympia called Three Magnets. And they do a beer every year that is an imperial uh, red, it's an imperial uh, red rye ale called Wreathing Havoc. And I actually happen to have this beer with a buddy of mine called Sam and Joe. You can find him in Streams and Rivers. He is a contract brewer, and he's around drinking beer all the time. Uh, but yeah, it was really enjoyable. Uh, seasonal beer for them. It says on the can, brewed with invert sugar number three. What is that? Imperial Red Rye Winter Ale. Doesn't exactly. make you sound excited to drink it, I'll tell you right? that. <laughs> invert sugar number three. It's, it's like red number five or, you know. 9.4, and this thing is very malty. Just smells like multi sugar. Is it like a dextrose of some sort? Are they just trying to bring up that ABV to an appropriate level for the festive sake? Who knows? Probably more of a dark candy sugar or something. Yeah, it smells like caramelized. That's what I'd say. It it smells like something you cook with, and especially because rye as a you know rye malt is so it's something like it's abrasive. I mean, it's like was it? uh, Man, I can drink a few of these. These are good. Zvadi and Givas. Or what they make typical rye as their malt for for the beers, and it just is. It's just rough. And the can design is awesome. It's just like are they? Are it's used like to be in bottles. Santa's 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 they, yeah, 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 they, they used to be in bombers. I think, uh, I think they, they switched a lot to canning mostly now, right? They, mostly. I don't think anything in bottles except for I think one of their stouts or something. Yeah, yeah when they did so, breathing it used to come in the same thing with like. Big juice, little juice. Yeah. It came in bombers. And it had a red label. Damn. I think yeah, don't taste that. out of a Christmas beer, this has a little too much dryness on the back end. Like, because I want it to have that punch of, like, you're still getting flavor instead of it dissipating yeah. at the end, personally, for my palate. But yeah. it's still a really good beer. It's just... I don't know. For me, and I'm going to just put this lightly. For, for those of you out there who are just... Really not enjoying the holidays. I holidays for me are always rough, or you know, particularly just because not the biggest fan of Christmas, but I do like Christmas parties. I mean, who doesn't like to party? Yes. But if you need a smash of beer at work or take a break, Reading Havoc is right up there for you, Washingtonians. I mean, these are some of the beers I think of when I'm like, ah, I need a little break. I, what can I take down fast, and what am I going to feel in a few minutes? And, you know, beer has its time and its place. And I think this beer has its time and place during the holidays when you're trying to escape your coworkers. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and the holly jolly. If you work retail and you're listening to that playlist. Customer service. A billion times. 
if you're dealing with that manager that's just grinding you, if you're waiting for that bonus check and you know you're going to get skimmed on that bonus check, if you're working through the holidays and you know you're not getting a bonus check because you just work for that kind of company, I mean, a reading habit will do you just fine at the end of the day, at lunch. Give you that holly your, jolly spirit yeah, that maybe, is not there inside you. Maybe maybe even with your breakfast bagel. I mean, goddamn. It will melt the ice on Grinch's heart. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I like rye because rye is dry. And I like the little bit of spicy characteristics that are yeah. being applied through that rye. Just to talk about the beer again. But if you were interested in why I would choose this beer, and I think that's why I partially did this Christmas podcast, is to get rid of you. It's like, we drink because... You find yourself sweeping floors with dust that's probably over 80 years old and you're inhaling it because you don't have the right respirator. This is a beer for you. Yeah. Brew Coven said so. So we're going to move on to our next beer here. Um, still in Washington, I believe, are we? Yeah. 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 Kicking, it, kicking it hard. So we're doing a, one of our good old friends, Silver City. And this is a beer that I hear talked about all the time in Washington, and I believe there's a barrel-aged version. Today we will that, present to you guys the, the non-barrel-aged version. I felt like it would be too much jump in the game. Ooh, this is clear and bright. Uh, don't know how widely Silver City is distributed. Don't know how much of our audience can get it, but for our Northwest listeners and for everyone, I, I believe we can still get Silver City in Oregon. What is this? The, the old Scrooge? Old Scrooge, yeah. Old Scrooge. I'm excited because I've, I've tried the barrel-aged variant. Uh, I haven't had the their base of it so yeah this is their old Scrooge Highlander got to go tour this facility like three weeks ago and man they've been just bringing in gigantic fermenters they're huge just the production that they've increased I mean, to it's insane they have a, a new pilot system as well right that's kicking out a lot of sour beers and yeah. and they know a lot of beer I actually taught a class alongside uh God, I forget his name. Alongside uh, one of the head guys over there at Silver City, we—he's a very knowledgeable guy. He did a whole little seminar on, on yeast, and then I did one on sour beer and barrel aging. And really intelligent person. Silver City's had a long-standing relationship here in the South Sound and, and the kind of Peninsula area, um, especially with having a lot of breweries in Washington located like near Seattle, but basically on the other side of the sound. Yeah. And when you go over towards Bremerton, Silverdale, all those places, which there's is, not much. Which is, let's get real, all our favorite part of Washington. I think we all love to go out there. Yeah. It's nice to go and find great breweries out there, too, when you're enjoying the good outdoors. You stop at the breweries on the way to the cabin. Yep. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. So what are we looking at here, uh, Black Cat? So, like, we, like, like it says right there on the bottle, it's a winter warmer, winter ale, uh, coming in at 8.5%. And this one particularly, the non-barrel-age variant, won a gold medal in 2015 for the old ale category. Uh, old ale and strong ale category. It's a very English approach. I'm yeah, very say. English approach. And I, I, you can tell, the aroma, you know, the aroma is, there's some sweetness to it, but you can really taste it on the body. I do get some malty sweetness, but it fits perfectly. You get a little bit of berries, I taste like, like almost cherry-like yeah. like a on the mouthfeel. A little bit of berries. A spot of berries. <laughs> it's the thickest beer we've had today. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to like tell you what they put into it. For hops, they use Columbus and Willamette. Then malts, typical Northwest Pale, Caramel Munich, and British Pale. Yeah, British Pale. I wonder what kind. It's, yeah, I mean, they could have gotten a whole spectrum on British Pale. Who knows? Golden Promise. Who knows what they did? Uh, but yeah, that, I'm really picking up a lot. This is a very British style beer, and I think it's very true form. Yeah. And a congratulations on the reward because it's yeah. goddamn yep. well worth it. Ooh. Lovely. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm. I do like the mouthful on it. 
It's, it's well balanced. Yeah. Really well balanced. Yeah. You, you, I mean, it, it, I'd like to have this cast in a cast scale oh, format, please. or I'd like to have this on nitro. Ooh. I mean, I don't know. Nitro. Oh, with a nitro. Nitro cast. Oh, no, I, I don't think enough people are out there doing that kind of stuff. And I don't know. Well, on cask, I'd be a huge fan of it. Nitro, yeah. I just can't do nitros. I appreciate yeah. them, but but would you but do cask? a nitro cask? <laughs> when well, we have that party, we'll be invited. Thanks. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Belching uh, beaver peanut butter sat on nitro all the but time. But I don't know that, that creaminess is on top of this. Like we just layer so nicely. Yeah, I'm dude. The complexity. Like, oh yeah. It's got nice. I mean, malt. And that's what you want in a nitro, and that's why I think a lot of those pale ales were funny when they were doing nitrogenated pales. But like when you look at why nitrogenated beer exists, is those molecules is being separated, so it creates layers. Uh, well, the layers are 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 completely separated. You mm-hmm. get a full range, and you can get that stratification in that beer when it's poured into a pint. You can taste things in a different way. Things certain things settle out in different you know, different layers of the beer. And that's what's interesting about nitro. I've worked for brewery before where um, they, that whole thing was just not experimenting with nitrogenation and what they did. And, and I know we worked a lot with Boneyard and like their nitrogenation process, which a lot of people don't get to see. Like, well, obviously Boneyard doesn't really. I don't think I've ever nitro. seen a nitro Boneyard. No, yeah, well, we've talked to them about it. They, they, they've done some really interesting nitrogenated stuff and, uh, talking to them and, and their process, and I think now that they open up their new location in Bend, where they're having their actual tap room, uh, tap room and yeah, restaurant yeah. or brew pub, whatever you yeah, call yeah. that, uh, you'll see a lot more of it. But they have been known to to do some nitro variant type things, and they're one of the people that really influenced what we were doing at the time. And I think that now people are picking up on it. Yeah, but yeah, this 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 is a phenomenal English strong, and I I mean like. When I had, I've had a Stinga. Stinga is one of my favorites from, uh, have you had it from Samuel Smith? Really fucking awesome fucking uh, strong ale. There's a bunch of, and and the cool thing about strong ales is there's, there's names for them. Like the English have picked out these really unique kind of like nicknames for the style of beer. So it's fun. I feel it comes from like the town or community. Yeah. Every little, I don't know what, I've never been to fucking Britain, but. Like, I imagine, like, the area is also just, just, they have their sections, the singing else is just, like, their soccer teams, and there's yeah, those yeah. little areas, they have their beers, just like in Germany, but they're all similar styles, they just have different tweaks on those styles. Yeah. So, Strong Ales, I can, I can imagine this time of year, just fucking touring through UK, and just drinking Strong Ales would be, oh, like, yeah. some fucking wow. wild shit. But, yeah, this is, I mean... No, but I I want to bring up some bottles of this. Throw in a cellar. This yeah. is nice. I want the barrel aged. The barrel aged version. Yeah, is the barrel aged difference. It's usually really good. December, December ain't over yet, and we hope to have this fucking episode up really right. soon for you guys. Kids, Sandy um, Claus ain't coming for another fourteen days. Yep. Yeah, so we can throw this one up, and then we who knows? We might even do. We have some people with some really in de- deep cellars. They may even have variants that are. Going far as back as like maybe 2015 of this uh, beer. I'm pretty sure we know at least two people that right. have uh, the 14 maybe? through 16 yeah, we barely variants of this. So, verticals. Yes. What we're talking so about. We got, uh, got one more for you guys tonight. So, wrap up your Christmas sorrows. Um, and this one's throwing it back to the good old Sapporo Brewery down in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. 
I'm so rest in I'm like, ah, I don't want to get rid of this fucking strong. So I'm gonna let you guys start. Who have empty glasses? Save me a little. Um, but I'll talk a little bit about it. And this is kind of a free for all. We all have our experience with this beer. I mean, uh, me being from the south region of Texas, I for those of you guys out in that region who listen to our podcast, you guys probably are very familiar with Felmans. Felmans, being the little South Texas boy that I was, was my craft beer shop. So I would go there, and that's where I cut my teeth on a lot of really uh, innovative, to me, or very unique style beers, and craft beer to me. Um, And uh, that's where I ended up actually coming across my very first Anchor Christmas Ale. Um, I believe that was in 2006 when I first picked it up. Very beautifully ornate. uh, Bottle has a very different, unique bottle design every single year. Um, It is hand-drawn by Jim Stitt, who lives on a houseboat, Alpha Sausalito. (laughs) He is now, he's still alive, entering his 90 years of age, if not, I think he might be past the 90-year marker. The guy's still hand-drawn, every single label. It's a different type of pine or conifer um, tree that has been on display every single year. I think there has been different palm. There one year there was a palm tree and other shit, um, but Gypsum is basically hand drawn. All these labels, really phenomenal process. I've had the pleasure to meet the gentleman. He's a fucking outstanding artist. He's actually hand drawn a lot of other labels for Anchor, but the most iconic of which are his Christmas trees. Um, and and he just draws the tree as it is. It's it's the true form. And he usually. Uh, defines the tree by its scientific genus or, or its name. Yeah, it's on, on here on the bottom right. So what is this year's? Bottom right. I don't see it. My eyes are fucked. It's like uh, a there beer we are. It's, yes, I see it. Tricky man. Ibeus Bractiatata. Bractiatata. <laughs> <laughs> probably butchered that one. Yeah. <laughs> Jim Stitt, hand drawing these awesome labels. He's been doing it since 75. It's gorgeous. Guy's killing it. Um, It's gorgeous. Anchor started with Liberty Ale, actually. (laughs) Liberty Ale was the first Christmas ale of all years. It was the first IPA to be brewed for the United States post prohibition um, using all Cascadian hops. And the year after, they decided to turn this into a wild-ass <laughs> Christmas ale. So every year is a different type of spice. I've actually had the pleasure to brew this with Brewer Clay, who now is a head master brewer at Speakeasy in San Francisco, um, out of Colorado, but or in San Francisco, but brewer out of Colorado. And I remember just dumping a bucket of what I was like, what the fuck is this? And he's like, well, you will never know what is in this bucket. It was already prepared for me. Before I got in at 5 a.m., this thing was thrown into the boil, and it was never known to us or anyone else in the brewery what was in there. So it could have been a, 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 a series of anise or spruce tips. It could have been a number of shit that I would have never known. And this year, we still don't know what it is. So this is the exciting part of this kind of breakdown of this beer is knowing what the fuck you think is in this beer. Yeah, these are great seller beers. People see, see them out. Um, a couple years back, I remember doing... A 1996 to 2014, 2015 uh, complete vertical of these beers, and they still held up and had very unique characteristics. Um, the 1999 was really fucking good. What do you think, guys? 
think it's pretty solid. Smells like a tree. Yeah, tastes like a tree. I, I can get like a root beer chocolate thing going on here, but it's fine, dude. they're all weird. They're all different. And, and, like, and I don't want to call it a style by any means because it's not a beer style. It's I, just a I'm smelling a lot of ABS Biotadat. <laughs> is that what it is? I mean, I really went on a wild, a wild thing there. And just like. I think you tried it. Well. I, think, I, think, I think you accidentally casted a spell. But. <laughs> well, you yeah, did some gypsy fun. shit. You got to take that back. <laughs> So, you were talking about bringing bad juju into yeah. the new and, place, and you just cast a spell on the first night. No, it's it's nice here. that whatever they're throwing in <laughs> with the malt, it does. It almost gives it like this refined note to it. It is. It's like it fresh. Run, fine. I will tell you this: it's run through a centrifuge. Look at that, Clark. Yeah, no, it's good. No, it's it's a dark beer, but it's run through a centrifuge. It's beautiful. So, beer. speaking of your vertical, there was a a gentleman who stopped into my place of work who was talking. We were talking about Anchor Brewing and verticals. I can get that root beer. And he, uh, that for sure, he, he sent me a photo, him and a lot of people that work at Anchor still, they, they did a 29-year vertical of, of the Christmas ale. 29? 29. 1978 to 2006. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. that's cute. You should definitely throw that up on the brew side yeah. for everybody. Yeah, that's, that's insane. A lot. He, said, uh, he said it took all of them five years to track down certain ones, like in the 1928? 1978. Anchor was the dream brewery for me. I I love that beer so goddamn much. And to know that they are now Japanese on is just, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Well, I, I, didn't even know, answer that I, question. I wrote an article about it. It sucks. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah that's it's really terrible. weird, man. It's weird, but it's like, this has been such an integral part of my life. It's kind of like whole milk. Although I stopped drinking whole milk. <laughs> you still want it's it like there? I still want it. It's you still like, want it to be around. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's weird. It's a weird thing. And I know East Coast doesn't feel this way because he's from the East Coast. But for me, what? Anchor... Well, maybe maybe Anchor was a big part of your life. But Anchor no, was one of the first craft beers I ever had. And it was a big part of what got me involved in this industry. I, I work for Anchor. I mean, I... I yeah, I, I'm a very... Anchor fulfilled a lot of things for a lot of people. Um, well, it said standards. Like, not only was it one of the leading craft breweries since basically the dawn of craft breweries, but yeah, it just just sucks to see over time people succumb or make decisions to that point where they just they take the money. And you know what? That's cool. All those fucking chody bros out there that just want to pound Ballast Point grapefruit sculpting mm-hmm. and not give a fuck where their dollar goes—that's great. Because there's a bunch of people too that like to drink good beer and know that it's going to the pockets of hardworking motherfuckers, not some dude just punching buttons and eating McDonald's. A grapefruit sculpt and a nitro. Fuck, that uh, was good. No, that's good. <laughs> that's before they sold out. But it's still good. <laughs> this is before they sold. This is before. I haven't, I haven't found it in years. Another dollar, fucking boy, just makes you figure out. Anyway, on a positive <laughs> note, 
Anchor through some of the fucking most ridiculous parties known to man. Fucking yeah. time. We would know uh, nothing Christmas of this. Party, <laughs> Christmas party is insane. If you were an Anchor account in San Francisco, you were invited. If you were anyone in the know, you were invited. The door was just wide open. The brewery was flowing with beer. We had the distillery. We had Junipero. We had fucking Old Patro. We had everything on fucking deck for you to get fucking disintegrated on. <laughs> and we had live music. We had fucking awesome food. And dragons. And <laughs> fucking Secret Santa's under secret tables. It was just... <laughs> <laughs> what is a secret table? I'm wanting to go to this party now. You're sending what? a tug We got a Christmas party going on next morning. You're about to find out about right. this. Hey, if you're all at the Tacoma area, come to the Brew Coven, Brew Coven. Christmas party. Yes. Yes. Secret Santa's under secret table. So we are skipping out on our weekly posts next week. We'll post some old posts next week just for the sake of keeping you guys entertained. But well, we're going to be, be finding out what a secret table is. Uh, so we'll be busy yeah, reading secret tables. Oh, jolly old Saint Nick. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks for, for fucking listening. I hope your holidays are going well. If they're not, hopefully this guy... Get some, get some winter warmers. Yeah, yeah, hopefully this puts perspective on what you need to be doing, and that's smashing a minimum of 8%. Exactly. Thank you until you make it, baby. Zero. Um, if, if this was a... Uh, holiday podcast we would start cranking out fucking different variants of like whiskeys and like just pure fucking mm. moonshine and telling you guys that you need to just like wait can know. we get a general consensus though because I think this is the first time in a while that we've had what five beers and all been like none of these sucked like, no yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. well we also cool. we also know how to pick them I mean uh, Boundary Bay of course we don't Course and Dolk. Course and Dolk. And then I, we have three I mean, magnets. honestly, I would say all these tie for, like, the best one, except for, I think, the Three Magnets one. I put Three Magnets. I don't know. Up. I still like it. Three Magnets is, like I said, that's I, 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 If everything's first place, second place is Three Magnets. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, Three Magnets is still your office. That's your file cabinet beer, dude. Pull it out. <laughs> walk in the bathroom. Do your thing in the sink. Right. And then slam I'll, that fucking I'll beer. give you those... <laughs> file reports Sharon just give me a second yeah, exactly but anyway um, we, we definitely picked them up we, we liked them they're our, some of our favorites and we'd love to hear yours um, we still got some days left in this goddamn month unfortunately but we're more than welcome we'll to be accept back. your your your, um, your words and we want to hear back what's your favorite Christmas ale because um, we only have a few yeah, unfortunately. Well, we're bringing in next podcast is Krampus. All the dark, just mean, evil, disintegrated. Exactly. Yeah, we're, we're, we're gonna get Krampus. Is we're gonna get straight and naughty. So we're getting, when, when Krampus gets here, we get here as well. So yeah, yeah. So expect the call. We're getting bitter. We're getting astringent. We're getting fucking dark. We're getting gritty, and that's how Brew Kevin gets down. Thanks for listening. Happy holidays. Happy fucking holidays. Peace out.